Welcome to Survive the Hunt. I'm your host, Austin, and today we are going to talk about movie The Gallows. I'm joined by Nicole and Manny. Hello. Hi. <laughs> um, so first off, let's just talk about what do you guys think about the movie? I thought it was kind of scary, honestly. I mean, I haven't been like super scared of a scary movie in a long time, so that one kind of freaked me out just a little bit. Uh, my honest opinion, I didn't like the movie. I, th- I thought it was uh, the acting when it, it, the acting oh, when it was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah I gotta admit, there was some times where I was like, "Come on, the you could have done logic better." Is very questionable. Like, um, just uh, and th- then like the the logical sort of side of it is has too many plot holes, and I don't know. I just wasn't a fan. Yeah. Um. So it is a found footage film, which found footage can be done really well. Um. Examples of that is um. You're trying to catch ghosts in paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. You're uh, shooting a documentary in a Blair Witch Project. Yeah. But in this one, the found footage aspect is only used because it's just them going into the school and vandalizing. But then also the main one of the main characters, Ryan, who's the camera operator, he just records for the for the play, and that's basically it. Yeah, making fun of students and stuff. Yeah, which he is insufferable, mm-hmm. especially yeah. in the very beginning. He's a terrible person in general. Yeah, it's it's this whole movie is filled with the whole uh, click. Yeah, it's definitely click based. I'm a football player, and you're a nerd, and I'm gonna bully the shit out of you. Yeah, just because you like something like a play. Yeah, which is so dumb because. But that's like, so like two thousand. That was yeah. yeah I just so yeah. oh this, gosh, this yeah. Came out in twenty fifteen, so. But it still had that vibe. Like, the classrooms look like they did. Yeah. Which, yeah, it came out in 2015. It was originally filmed in 2013. So, I'm not saying that that was always the truth. Because I remember even me throughout my high school, which wasn't too long ago. But Mm -hmm. was, like, for example, myself, I played sports. But then I did plays. I did musicals. I did vocal and choir. and Oh, see, I did no sports. Played band. (laughs) So, it's like. Oh, yeah. I was in band and choir. and So, it's like, even for my, my small town, we. We had people who just did everything, and it wasn't like we bullied anybody. Exactly. I mean, there was okay. There was probably a little bullying. Yeah, there at might my be school, a little, but bit, it wasn't but like extensive enough. Like it's definitely dramatized. Yeah. The whole bullying when it comes to people doing stuff that's bigger than sports. Maybe I did see it, but like you like choose not to, or you just you know you just think yeah. oh it's just playful banter, but yeah. it's not. Yeah. So. Uh. What did everybody think about it originally? Like, what would you give this out of a one out of ten? What would you your original scary score for it? Okay, I, scary score like where it freaks me out a little bit. I would say a good seven. Okay, uh, let's add add to that. Like, also overall story. Like, what did you Probably. give it out of a ten? Uh, five and a half. Like, it was good, just a smidge more than average. <laughs> I guess. So I'd give it like a three out of ten on it being scary, because it just <laughs> mainly relied on jump scares, and then uh, story wise, I'd give it like a two. I did not like the story; <laughs> it was not good. It freaked me out a little bit, but I get more paranoid, I think, than Manny might. The, what I don't like about like horror is like the overuse of jump scares and loud noises to scare people. I think it's just um, like Ari Aster does a great, great you know job of being really scary without having to have all that. But yeah, yeah, he definitely doesn't have to rely on loud noises he actually does scary visuals or creates a scary story which it is kind of sucks this is a blumhouse film which mm-hmm. blumhouse 
definitely capitalizes on the whole idea of we're just going to grind out movies. It will just keep making more and more of them. The only type of blueprint they have for the movie is characters are introduced. Sometime through there, big loud noise goes off and it scares you. And then at sometimes throughout the movie, they'll give you information. But besides that, no, they just rely on scary visuals or just loud noises. And that's basically how they get their scares. Oh, man, they've made all kinds of movies. I didn't realize they made like The Purge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Blumhouse is like the one of the biggest. I think they are the biggest like horror movie factories. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, they do mostly horror. Yeah, oh yeah, or thriller. Yeah, it's uh, head by Jason Blum, which he's what I can tell he's a pretty cool guy. I like kind of like looking at all that story and seeing. Oh man, they have an unfriended dark web. Yeah, it's really good. You should we should do that sometime. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I need a nightlight. Yeah. So, <laughs> what did you guys think about the found footage aspect of the film? Do you think? What do you think about it? What do you think about found footage in general? So, like, uh, with Blair Witch, the Blair Witch Project, that was really good because the, the, the way they implemented it, being a documentary, it was, like, really believable. But, so, the character, I don't remember his first name, but he's the one recording for the play. He was just given a camera. Ryan. Ryan, yeah, Ryan. he was given a camera to record the play, but he never does any of that, and he does other stuff with it. Yeah, and he basically just messes around. Exactly. I know in the, in the movie they say that... Um, it's his camera. He owns the camera because he makes a comment like, well, the camera, you're just supposed to be up in the booth. He's like, the booth camera sucks. That's why I'm using my own. So. Mm-hmm. But um, they use their phones, too, and it's it's like um, the technology they have on their phones is ridiculous, especially for, that for the time. time. It's, yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. They even do that with the just like all found footage cameras they're going to do. It's like they it's definitely didn't shoot it with camcorders and stuff. They shot it with industry standard. Oh, yes. High resolution sure. Cameras, which Manny might even be able to guess, he's our camera guy here. But uh, <laughs> no, because because they show the cameras they used in the in the in the movie. They use a night vision app on like an iPhone five, and then they use like this uh, field recorder, <laughs> field recorder, and an iPhone five C. There was no cool no, night vision yeah, exactly. app. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. crystal clear. Yeah, I was talking about like the camera <laughs> they would use to actually record it. Like they definitely did not use any of those things. Those no. were no oh, props no. to make it seem like that. Because uh, a lot of found footage and how they produce found footage movies is they bake into the the movie a premise or a reason why people use a camera. We just talked about that with Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. But another thing they do with found footage films a lot, which they use the actors' real names. And that really became popular after the Blair Witch Project um, and, like, Paranormal Activity. At the beginning of this movie, you get a title card that says, like, thank you to the uh, Nebraska Police Department. Oh, yeah. And uh, they... They do that to make it like, oh, this is a real thing. This isn't a movie. These are found tapes that we got. But they did a shitty job because in the very beginning of it, they show that logo. It does like say Warner it's inspired Bro- by real events. Yeah. So maybe I like. Have, I have some maybe stuff on that later. Oh. Yeah. But um, the characters are played by their real names, which. Oh. So it's like, it's not their last names, but they're like Reese's real names, Reese, Ryan's real names, Ryan, and so forth. And they do that just because. So they can try and make it look real. Mm-hmm. Also, so you can like Google them in the future and be like, oh, these were the same people. They really try and do that a lot. Because in the Blair Witch, when they did that for the first time, I say it was the first time, um, all three actors used their real names, first and last name. So when the movie came out and became a huge hit, everyone thought they were dead. Like even friends and family of the actors sent 
their parents like letters and sh- and stuff being like we're sorry for your loss to where they legit thought they were dead and it's really huh. sad because all three actors couldn't they couldn't do anything anymore because everyone thinks they're dead that was pretty what? good marketing that's really good marketing. yeah yeah and you could even do like a during the making of or the distri- distribution of the Blair Witch, you can like they hung up posters and shit, flyers around town saying like missing, and there's websites dedicated to it long before, which I think is really cool. Oh wow! Yeah, when people went to theaters, they thought they were actually watching like something that actually you know was going on. Like, uh, like they just found all these real events or the the tapes, and they were just showing them in theaters. People were like legitly freaked out. Mm-hmm. So oh like, wow! So I didn't know that. So for me, um, the movie that did that for me that really got me interested in like the whole found footage and basically horror was um, Paranormal Activity. Yes. And the reason why that one was, I was too young for Blair Witch. I've seen it now as I was older, but Paranormal Activity came out when I was younger. So that actually, it was one of those things like, oh, that's a scary movie and my mom won't let me watch it. I'm pretty sure I was like an eighth grader when the first one came out. Sixth or, no, I was younger. I must have been really younger. No, because I'm. Four years older than you. Yeah, I would have been like fourth grade or second grade. Yeah, I was at least in between beginning of middle school. Yeah, I remember being grade grade school. I wasn't quite yet in high school because I watched it junior high at my best friend's house, Elisa, (laughs) and we were at her mom's. And I remember watching the first Paranormal Activity, and I was like, "Eh." the first Paranormal Activity I watched was the second one, and that to me, which is ironic, because that's like the one that they say is always the shittiest, except for the new ones on Netflix. Oh yeah. I I loved the Paranormal Activity movies and specific, specifically the second one. It just came out when I was just the right age to start yep. liking horror movies. Mm-hmm. So it was like that was my movie that I really enjoyed and loved to talk about and loved to watch. And it became that was my zeitgeist for found footage. Yeah. Oh yeah. I definitely started liking. Yeah, I would have. Well, I the second one was okay, but obviously I I was about the same age as you were when you watched the second one, when I watched the first one. So I've kind of, I grew to love the first one. Yeah. And I think that's just kind of how, how those things go of, I know the original callback to all that is something like the Blair Witch. Cause I think the first found footage horror movie was like in the seventies. If I remember right, I did some research on it for a little Mm. bit and I don't remember what it was called, but I think it was like the seventies or eighties. I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. Cannibal Holocaust. What? Is the Cannibal Holocaust is also a found footage. Is it a found oh, footage? Oh, yeah, wow. Found footage. Isn't yeah, that the one that Holocaust? Thomas told us about? Yeah. Um, that creepy one where they're all, like, on an island or yeah, something? And yeah, and sadly, it's, that's a, that movie's got a lot of backlash because, like, everything they kill in it is real. <gasps> and it's like, I, yeah, I don't remember the, uh, that, the creator of the, the creator of the movie was actually, you know, uh, tried, was tried and yeah. put in trial because they thought the events were real and everything was in the movie was real. Holy crap. Th- isn't it, like, take place with, like, in indigenous people mm-hmm. yeah it takes yeah. place in colombia yeah and i think they ended up using like they col- used they used actual colombians and they like uh they were going to pay them but ended up not not paying yeah them they anything. probably just like uh yeah. hey we'll we'll help you out and then they filmed whatever they did and a lot of shady left. shit happened yeah in the holocaust like killing real animals and people actually thought the uh the effects in the movie were really good and people thought people died in the, mo- in oh the making gosh. of the movie so are we ready to dive into this oh yeah oh yeah let's I'm go ready. Okay, so the movie starts out in 1993. Uh, we get that right after our titles our card that says uh, "Thank you to." The you can theater. definitely tell it's like VHS yeah, style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of got a little bit of grain to it. And the first time I ever saw this was only a couple days ago, I think. No, uh, I th- I think I did see it in theaters, but I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I I think I do, but it's been so long. But um, when I was watching this with my girlfriend, 
uh, it starts, and I was super excited, but then I hear that they start talking over it, and I'm like, oh, shit, this is found footage. Yeah, it was kind of hard for me to hear that part, but I knew they were just talking during the play. I think that's just why they did it, just so audiences can get ready. Yeah. But it cuts over, and we get to see Charlie Grimmel, who plays a character named Arthur, uh, go to the gallows, and they're reading his fines for all of his, like, crimes. Mm-hmm. And it gets interrupted because Charlie falls. The gallow gives way, and this dude dies. Um, okay, so was it So it wasn't on purpose. It was an accident. It was, it was an accident because uh, people from the audience start screaming. You see the stage director from the side run up, and everyone starts trying to grab him, and uh, it was too late. He died. It snapped his neck yep. instantly. Yeah, which I have some things on how they did that. We'll talk about that at the very end. It's very interesting. Okay. So I'm pumped. it jumps to 20 years later, and – they they're redoing the play for some dumbass reason. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> like, oh yeah, this kid just you know. He, we know this kid died twenty himself. years ago, but yeah, let's, let's redo the play. Yep, in his honor, even though they're not allowed to speak his name. Yeah, wouldn't so you imagine like they use like a test dummy for the for the uh, like if they have you see it, there? if they so the one thing that I did notice, which probably they had to talk about with the school works, they talk about going to school board is in the original play, you see like uh, the way they hung hang the rope is so realistic. And then in this one, you get to see it where it's just looped around twice. So if it falls, it just pulls the rope with it. That's true. Yeah. But um, what do I think about that? It jumps 20 years later, and we get to see main character, Reese, who is playing Charlie's character, the same character that Charlie played 20 years before, and a girl named Pfeiffer who plays the lead actress. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's here that we find out that Reese is a terrible actor. He is not delivering his lines well. No, he's not. And throughout this whole time, we get to hear Ryan... Reese's friend and the other male who we talked about earlier, who's the complete douchebag, talk over the whole thing. It is quite annoying, I could say so. Yeah, Ryan's a piece of shit. Yeah. He's just annoying in general. Yeah, it was just like, dude, what are you doing? This isn't funny. Like, it's just straight bullying. Yeah. Like, if I was Reese, I would not want him to be my friend. I would have dropped him a long time ago. Yeah. So, right after we get introduced to Ryan, uh, the teacher calls for a 15-minute break, and Ryan and Reese both leave. Oh, can we talk about that teacher, though? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What kind of teacher just allows that kind of behavior? Yeah. Like, nowadays, we'd get fucking suspended for, like, two weeks yeah, yeah, for even so saying, like, a cuss word to someone in high school. Yeah, the teacher is definitely a pushover when it comes to, like, probably discipline. Uh, Ryan disrespects the guy to his face the whole time. Oh, every, yeah. Every single second he gets. Yeah. And we get to see Ryan do shit to other people. And even right now, um, Reese and Ryan both leave. And Ryan, because he's a quarterback, goes to football practice. And while there, we get introduced to his girlfriend, Cassidy. And yeah. they talk. We find out that she's a bitch herself. Average cheerleader yeah, bitch. Average cheer- is the popular girl kind of bitchy type person that no one likes. And... um. They're still talking about Ryan doing or Reese doing the play, and uh, a stage boy. Because because uh, he throws a football at the stage boy. Yeah, yeah. The everyone. nerds. Yeah. They're, la- they're they're weren't they waving or like saying yeah, hi? Yeah, they're or like, saying hi. They're saying they were making fun of Ryan for being a football player. Like Ryan made fun of them for being a state. For, oh, like, so drama. it's just like a constant it's, yeah, back and forth, back and forth between them, which they they were kind of nerdy, but. Come on, they don't deserve. I didn't it. pick up on that. I didn't think they were actually, they were making fun of uh of Ryan. I think I think they were supposed to, 
but uh, Ryan throws a football and hits the stage boy in the face. Mm-hmm. And, of course, because he's a nerd. Which was so planned. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was just like, oh. Yeah. Since he's, a, <laughs> since he's a nerd, everyone starts laughing, and he's like, oh, I'm so hurt. The way he That's falls over, it's like, yes. yeah, it's, it's so dramatic. <laughs> this is like, imagine your hands going, oh, jiggling like in the air. Squidward, you know, <laughs> handsome Squidward falling and hitting his face. Handsome yeah. Squidward. <laughs> Victor's an ugly Squidward. Okay, <laughs> so it jumps from out there to back inside <laughs> the class, the, into the classroom, and we get to see the teacher, who I think is named Mr. Swenderman. Um, mm-hmm. who is actually the director of the movie. That is a, that's the cameo. It was him. The teacher was the director of the movie, and that's kind of his importance to it. That's about it. Nothing much. Oh. Um, Would have never known. <laughs> no, they weren't even in the classroom. They were in the um, in the auditorium. Because this is when uh, Cassidy and Ryan are, like, laying. To, she's laying against him. Oh, yeah, and, and he's, he's acting doing, like he's, like, yeah, going like, to yeah, have sex with her. Yeah, like, he's doing the definite And she's like, what like you that. doing? Yeah. Stop. After that, we enter a talking head section because they show the crowd of all the people who are there. And um, they interview a woman from the crowd. Yeah, because Ryan talks about her and says how creepy she is and that he doesn't think it's apparent. It's just a chick sitting in the yeah, corner. Yeah, that she's always here. Yeah, that she's always there. Yeah, and we find out that she was in the original play 20 years before. And, of course, Ryan being Ryan was like, what was that like? And she says something like, uh, it's something that you can never forget. Yeah, it's traumatizing. Traumatizing, but he takes it as it's fun and cool and how borderline, I took it as he was borderline jealous that he got to see someone die because he's that type of douchey type person. Mm. Definitely not taking her drama seriously when it comes to the trauma that she's been through. Definitely seeing someone die. Yeah, especially someone she loved. Yeah, which we find out later. That we find another, another uh, interview and it talks about how they think the school's haunted um, things keep turning on and off while they're there, and kind of kind of sets the thing that oh this this place is haunted. It's a mm-hmm. haunted school. So it cuts after that to Ryan reading in the hallway, going over his lines, and Reese finds out that Ryan or no, it's Reese out there with yeah, his lines, Reese and, and Ryan's Ryan. just being a douche, and he's Gosh. like, "Dude, why are you even doing this play?" Or is this when he's trying to? No, now, go ahead. We find out this is when we find out that Reese has a crush on Pfeiffer. Yeah, I just didn't and, know how that came about. Ryan, I can't remember. Ryan tells Pfeiffer. Yeah, Ryan's that douchebag who's yeah. just like, I'm gonna go tell her before you have the chance to, you know. <sighs> yeah. And then I mean, she acts really stupid though. No, I think I don't think she's stupid. I think it's just one of those things like, Yeah, I know. They like, kinda have a crush can we on not her. talk but, about it, you know. No, because she's like she says she like, don't oh, fucking like Ryan. No, no, she says Ryan's a really nice guy. He's gonna do great. Reese. Reese, Reese. <laughs> Their names are so close that it just sucks. Yeah, Ryan's the douche. Yeah. Reese is the non-douche but kind of douche. <laughs> Ryan is douche. Reese is not douche. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Okay, so then we get the the stage ha- manager, Price, plays a trick on Ryan for hitting him in the face. And he does this by uh, telling him, like, hey, I can't. I can't get this pulling on this like rope. Can you get it? And he's like, Yeah, I can. I'm yeah, strong. there's a I'm special much... name for uh, in plays. They have the ropes on the side, and you pull them. I think it's uh for different uh yeah, stage props and yeah. stuff like curtains or uh, clouds. Yeah, he tells him, Hey, can you get this? I'm not strong enough, and he's like, I am strong enough. I am football. I am man. Oh yeah, I'm a man's man. 
uh, Price plays a trick on him by, like, when he's pulling on it, he lets loose and he falls to the ground. Mm-hmm. So this is when Ryan gets up and chases Price, the stage boy, out, and he hits a door, and he finds out that a door is unlocked. Yes. And, and he's like, oh, my God, I got a great idea. Yeah. And so, so then Ryan, I have an idea. Ryan goes to Reese and tells him, bro, bro, you won't, you won't. You won't believe it. I found this <laughs> door that doesn't doesn't lock. We can come in and vandalize the set. He do wants you want to do this play, man? Do you want to yeah. do this play? He's him, like, do you really want to do this? And he's like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, yeah. So they they hatch a plan to come in at night and s- sabotage the set, break up the set, and he plays it to Reese as if after it's done, Bifer will be sad. And if she's sad, someone's going to be there to console her. Which is so her. manipulating yeah. this kid. Like, yeah. poor Use, little Reese, man, it's kind of stupid. I'm like, little really? Sp- yeah. Come but on. They decided to break up the set, and we then jump to... Uh, When they go to the locker and he vandalizes that stage boy's no, clothes. No, that's, that's much later. Oh, much oh, later. No, they, they they were planning it out. So it was just uh, them and Ryan, and then Cassidy wants in on it, and he's like... Cassidy wants to be invited, but Ryan's being a dick about it, and then he like some. Yeah, he's like, "You're a cheerleader, and you don't, you don't need." Oh yeah, you're a cheerleader. And then she just like gives him that like girlfriend stare, like, "Yeah, I'm gonna beat your ass." He tells her like, "You you do girl things like cheerleading and other dance stuff." And and then it's just quiet, and then all of a sudden he's like, "I'll pick you up at nine. Yeah. (laughs) So then we get a scene where uh, Ryan is in his, or it's just Ryan's bedroom. Yeah. And it's, it's, we don't see anything. We hear the TV in the background, and then Ryan pops up to do a jump scare. Mm -hmm. And then he's sitting there talking, and his mom opens up the door. And And he just looks like a kid who just got caught doing something dirty. Masturbating or something. Yeah. And he's like, and and, and then he's like, you're in your underwear with a hoodie on, bro. Why are you getting all crazy? And he's like, Mom, don't come in. I told you to knock. And I'm like, you ain't naked. Yeah, what? that ain't even naked. What were you doing what were then? You, what were you planning to do? Yeah, no joke. Okay, so then it jumps to Reese or Ryan, Ryan. Wa- walking into Reese's house, yep. and he just walks in right through the front door. He's one of those like kids. He, yeah, he, he just owns that place. He's probably yeah. known yeah, Reese for he, so long. He probably long. is, but it's like, I even with my friends, I was never like that. But uh, yeah. we walk in. he walks in, and Reese and his dad are arguing about Reese quitting the football team and doing the play. His dad doesn't want him to do it. And um, Ryan comes Yeah, foreshadowing. Ryan comes in and, like, takes him and his dad's. By the way, very disrespectful. Ryan just walked up and there was like, yo, Reese, let's go. Yeah, you know? like, yeah during that, during during that, that. Their, their parents, were, they were definitely talking. Yeah. They were definitely having a conversation, but now he just comes in and is like, okay, let's go. I know, right? Like, like, if I was a parent, I'd been like, yeah. Oh, fuck did like, you say if me? I was a dad, I'd kick Reese's dad, uh, Reese's ass, and I'd kick Ryan, uh, Ryan's ass. For being so damn disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. Just gonna be an These adults, parent. though. No, this no. Film. I would have got my ass kicked. Yeah. Exactly. I, especially like I would walk into my friend's house. I've seen my friend get yelled at by his dad. I'm turning around. I'll come back in an hour. Yeah, I'm that crap's scary. Yeah. yeah. Especially when they turn to you and start yelling at you, and you're just like, I don't even live here. <laughs> It's your fault too. What? Yeah. <laughs> so then we get jump to the school, and they enter the school through the door that was unlocked, and they find out that the power is not working. So they're going around trying to find the switch, and then we find out that Ryan's camera has a light on the front, and then that is basically our light for the rest of the whole movie. It does a good job of kind of 
showing only the people. Mm-hmm. Can't see the background. But I don't believe that a little field recorder could have that. No. It definitely cannot. But um, It's a nice light. Yeah. <laughs> so it's here that what? Ryan decides that he wants to play a prank on the stage boy for playing a prank on him. He's trying yeah. to get him back. So then it cuts. He goes to his locker, breaks off his lock on his locker, like as if they're not going to notice. Breaks off stage boy's locker. locker. Yeah, the lock on his locker. And uh, cuts holes in his shirt to show his boobies. <laughs> and then he also shows, like, he brought this, like, little shirt, which I don't know where he'd even get one. I know. I thought, I was like, wow, did he put in some effort. Yeah, like, I know. He where really did he thought get about that this. from? And why is it so, why does he think it's so funny? He, 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 he. I got, got a, a teddy bear shirt. shirt. <laughs> yeah. So while we get the first haunt of the movie during the scene of Ryan is putting his shirt into the locker. Which takes way too long. Way too long. And then a locker above him opens up and mm. he doesn't seem to notice which so is stupid because i would have noticed instantly oh yeah you would have oh, thought yeah. how quiet it was in there yeah which i don't th- we can just say, go ahead and guess that they're not squeaky but yeah um he doesn't notice and it the both doors slam at the exact same time so which i would have noticed it there because i would be like i know how hearing works and it could I hear <laughs> sound on top I of can me. I can hear. Yeah, I hear. You would hear it from, from here and here. And here. Yeah. But yeah, they don't do anything. But from the top left, bottom right. Like, yep. There ain't no way. But Ryan's also an idiot. Mm-hmm. So. So it's from after that, we see them enter the stage and they start tearing up the stage. They um, start undrilling the the steps to the gallows and start knocking over or breaking bottles and knocking over plants, which. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that is the laziest set I've ever seen. All the set is is the gallows, which looks really cool, two potted plants, and this like. <laughs> and fake they're not tree. even real; they're fake. Yeah, we used like, to have a fake tree like that at our house. I think my dad still has it too. I think, yeah, we like, had that cross from like when I was like one. We had one for a very long time, which yeah, I was like, they came to break up the set, and it's like there's not a lot to the set at all. So they knock mm-hmm. over the plants, and they like, oh no. Like, they would get mad that someone knocked over the plants. If I saw someone vandalize the set, all they would do is pick up the plants off the ground <laughs> and, like, put the noose back up. Because basically all that happens. Yeah. So while they are breaking up the stuff, we we have Reese perform his lines. Because Ryan goes and is recording Reese, and he wants him to perform yeah, his lines. Yeah, he's like, go on, Reese, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Which, here we find out that even with a dramatic pause, he's still a shitty actor. Because the only thing he changes is he just... Makes the lines much longer. I don't know. He seemed like the acting was somewhat better. I don't know. I'm Maybe it's because there was no one else but his two friends yeah, there Yeah, but all with it him, was so. was a long, dramatic pause. And it was like, come on, man. Hey, that can add just a smidge to it. Yeah, but <laughs> the, lines, the lines are interrupted by a loud noise. And yeah. they think that it's the janitor. So they all get down and they start heading towards the back. Well, first they hide like little weenies. Yeah, they and hide. they can't even turn the light, light off. off. Like, I know. And then it's also they're then, like, everyone get down. Come on. Shh, shh, shh. He's going to hear us. He's going to hear us. And it's like, if I was a janitor in that building, I would hear the people be like, shh, 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 mm-hmm. which is always in the light. Running. You hear three people running. It's like, and then yeah. They're whispering like, hey, what are we doing? What, it's definitely a freaking the lights are like a lightsaber up in there. Like, <laughs> zoom, yeah. zoom, zoom. So I guess they must have waited a little bit because after some time, they start walking to the back of the doors and he puts the camera into the doorway and then turns. And then we find out that Pfeiffer has came. And she kind of jump scares the camera. Yeah, she's seen his car out front. Idiots, by the way. Yeah, like that was my first one of my first thoughts too when they pulled up to the school. I'm like, 
why would they park at the school? Yeah. Or at least close by. Like, you should have parked blocks away and then walked. Yeah. So, Ryan, yeah, or Reese tells... You know how to tells, do this. <laughs> Reese tells Pfeiffer that the reason why they were there was to practice the lines because he needed some more practice. Mm. And they set down the camera and they have a whole moment together. And... Which Reese knows that camera's on. Yeah. Yeah. He just says, I'm just leaving it for the light. Just leaving it for the light. That's Ryan. Ryan's Ryan, one Ryan, like, Ryan. I, but Reese knows that that camera is filming. There ain't no way. Yeah, they film everything. They film their vandalism. They talk about yeah, it. Yeah, they definitely they, incriminate themselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Big idiots. Yeah. So Ryan downloads a night vision app on his phone, mm-hmm. and Cassidy starts to put the set back together. And Ryan's like, why are you, why are you putting it back together? It's, we're fine. He's going to make up a lie, and we're all going to get away scot-free. And Cassidy's... And then him start arguing about, like, oh, we shouldn't have done this. But she already knows yeah. we're going to get in trouble. Yeah, if so we put it back together, maybe she won't tell kind of thing. Like, yeah. we'll so Ryan decides to take Cassidy home. Like, Cassidy's, I'm just going to get her out of here. She's being a bitch. She's being mean about it. And we find out that the doors are locked. Yeah, and he's like, no way. Like, this was supposed to be unlocked. Like, it was broken. Why isn't it broken? Like, yeah. Some invisible force is holding it. Yeah, because then they're all joined together. Pfeiffer and Reese come and join them at the back door, and they're like, it's all, it's locked. And all of them try to push open the door. Then they're like, oh. And then it's just a montage of them. them, Yeah, all just trying to push open the door. And we get to see Different doors, too. Yeah, no, no. So what happens is um, we get to see, they do this a lot in the movie where they're like two different, they they play with time in a weird way. Mm -hmm. We see the recording from Ryan's phone, his night vision camera, and then we see Reese come in with the camera that they use, and then we see, we see that same shot again, but from the camera's perspective, and they do that every up every once in a while. Cassidy tells Pfeiffer what their plans were here because she's getting scared, as they all are, and then they they all kind of walk to the office because they're gonna go use the office phone because none of their phones work, and we get to see that now the the set is back all together. Everything's put back up, which they didn't do. And they kind of talk about it a little bit. And it's it looks exactly like it was in 1993. We get to see that the noose is hung the same way. Oh, yeah. Definitely and looped more, tighter. Yep. So they all go to the office, and they try and use the phone. All the phones are dead. And while they're, Pfeiffer's like, hey, guys, what's this? So they it leads us to this back room where on the TV is playing the like a tape from 1993 and then a newsreel that talks about just gives us our information dump. And here we find out that Charlie, who died, wasn't supposed to play the main character. No. But the main character was sick. So then we find out the mm-hmm. girl who was interviewed in earlier was the girlfriend of Charlie. Yeah. And they talk about how he wasn't supposed to be there. And then it shows the original cast. Reese sees something that they don't see. And he starts freaking the fuck out. Oh, yeah. And so he just starts Running through the halls, leaving Ryan, taking yeah. the camera and leaving Ryan, and goes up to the uh, awards. Yeah, though, where I think it's just where like the all the Trophies play stuff is. Oh yeah, their it, little Broadway pulls, section. Yeah, he goes and finds the photo, and on the back of it is written all the names of all the oh the people, and it says um, the character Arthur, and it's Ryan's. 
There was Reese's dad. I think I said something out loud during yeah, the movie kinda, where, where when they first showed it at the beginning when they were actually in school, I was like, that kind of looks like that guy. Dad. I think they just did it to, to 100% solidify because, yeah, I had the same thoughts, and then I was like, okay, it is his dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's related to him in some way. Yeah, could, so. I, could I butt in and just like uh, before, so, they, so it's uh, showing his dad in the – because it was on the video, like uh, on the VHS tape and on the static TV where they go in there. I thought it was I thought it was Reese himself, but it's Reese's dad. Uh, so he calls in sick, and now Charles Charlie is dead. So what sort of like uh wouldn't wouldn't Reese be happy that his dad is alive and that he's like you know? No, I think he I think he's kind of dumbfounded by the fact that his dad, in not purposely, because we don't know if his dad was a douchebag or not, but his dad was the reason for this kid's death, which if I find... Well, kind of seems like his dad was douchey in that uh, way because he's like, don't quit football. Yeah. Or maybe he was just trying to save, save this him kid. he had some... Maybe his dad dealt with some things about the fact that, yeah, he was sick and a well, kid died that would have been him. So he's like, yeah. If you think about it, like, like he could have died and I don't Reese want wouldn't you have doing, existed. Yeah, it's like, I don't want you doing the play because I did the play and it and it hurt me, so I don't want my son doing it. So that's probably why he was mad that he Well, because Charlie game. died, yeah. man. Like... <laughs> he does not want the same thing happening twice. And if I was a parent, I would have been like, been like, "Fuck no, you're not doing that." Not to my with my the kids. Same play where he almost died. Yeah, no joke. Yeah, it's it's crazy. They talked about they mentioned loosely about all the things that it took the uh, the school board to try and get them to do the the gallows again twenty years later on the exact same date of the anniversary. So, yeah, I wouldn't have allowed that, that to be happen. If I was a school member in that, I'd be like, hell no. principal, I'd been like, nope, sorry. So while they're finding out all that stuff, Ryan gets separated from the group. Yeah. So we, he pulls out his phone, and we get his perspective of everything. So Ryan is on this, I'd say, journey. He's walking through the school trying to find them, but he sees the maintenance room is open. So while he's there, he's walking through the maintenance room, and we see that the janitor has been here, been by, because he like mentioned, oh, this is the janitor stuff. Cause we yeah, because his, his food. His food and his drinks there. And early in the movie, they talk about, like, oh, is he going to be here late tonight? And he said, yep, always. So while yeah. he's looking around in the maintenance room, they find this tiny door. Yeah. And he says to himself, ah, oh, screw it, I'll go in. So he goes into the tiny room, and as he's crawling through, he – Interest the other side, and it's this empty room. All it has like a chair, and it looks like a cot. I'm like, oh, wow, that's kind of... I thought it was a cot, but it's not, right? No, I don't think so, but it's it like was weird. Wood. It wood. It looked like a bed. Or I'm a futon. Like, I was like, did this janitor have some type of sex slave down here? Oh, exactly. That was my first thought, too. I saw that thing on the ground. I was like, please not be no chains yeah. or, you know. I'm like, oh, God. So he walks over to the other side of the room, and he looks up, and we get to see like something up in the... Up it by the ropes. Not going to lie. kind of looked like a turkey. Okay. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be the body. And according to IMBD, it's supposed to be the body of the janitor. Which, <gasps> yeah. So apparently the janitor dies. That dude was, like, just doing his job. I don't know why he had to die. Holy crap. Okay, so I thought it was a dead body, but I figured it was Charlie hanging. Yeah, it was definitely supposed to be something because he doesn't even know what it is. He gets. But that makes so much sense now that the food was there yeah. and the janitor wasn't wasn't there especially when they're running through the whole place but that sucks that some poor janitor had to die no joke yeah so he's just eating a sandwich yeah wrong place job. wrong time man he what he had like two donuts and like a coffee or something or yeah but rest in peace my man 
So Ryan gets in. That whole thing gets interrupted because Ryan hears screaming. So he runs back through. Um, but did he figure out what it was? I don't think he no, did. No, I don't think he did either. He starts running back through, and we get a jump scare of him going through like this, where all these clothes are, and we get to see this oh the mask. mask. Which didn't scare me. It's supposed to be scary because he stops and pauses it, on it. I think it was so fast that I didn't even have time to really get scared yeah. by it, you know? Because usually of, jump scares are like, bah, and they rest on it for a good amount of time. But this one was just like, boom, go, keep going. Yeah, a lot of this movie's pacing is super fast for things to really set in. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, one thing scares you, but then you're still scared from that first thing that nothing else really scares you. It just doesn't, it doesn't hit like I think it should. Mm-hmm. So they all meet up, Ryan gets back to the group and the four of them all meet up and they're all talking. Um, Reese or Reese tells Ryan that it was his dad. It's his dad's fault. And they're all sitting there talking in the hallway. And then Cassidy starts to like choke or they turn to Cassidy and her throat gets a little bit red. You can kind of see it turn red. Yeah. And then she's lifted off the ground, but not before they hear footsteps up above them. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah walking. Yeah. yeah. And you're just kind of like, holy crap. That's like, creepy. Those are like loud. Some loud ass foot, yeah, like brick shoes. Uh-huh. But, uh, but then it stops right above her, right? And then we see Cassidy be lifted up off the ground. Yes. Like she was choked. So after Cassidy gets hung for that little bit, mm-hmm. they all go back to the stage. Yeah. And Pfeiffer points out that the vent, that there's a vent, which... I don't. I wouldn't look at a vent and be like, "That's our way out." But Ryan takes that as that's how he's going to get out. He is definitely going. He's going to climb this big ladder, open up this vent, and climb through and get out and let them all out. Um, while he's while he's doing that, he angers the ghost by saying Charlie. Pfeiffer says, "We don't say that name. Stop mm-hmm. saying that. That's bad luck." And he's does he take that seriously? And he starts yelling his name, and then things start to like rumble. We hear. Footsteps, things crash, and everyone's screaming, everyone's mad, and Ryan starts to climb up the ladder, and when he gets to the top, he's thrown back. Yeah, while continuously saying things about... Yeah, calling out the ghost. Yeah. But he's thrown back, and we don't see what happens yet, but we just see him on the ground, and he's definitely in pain. They're all, like, around him. He's screaming. Yeah, which made me was like, what's wrong with him? Because you don't see, like, his hands are, it seems like his hands are fine. You, I don't know. At first, I thought it was just the initial shock of falling from that high. Just like, the, the scare like, itself? Yeah, maybe just being Freaked touched out. by some kind of force. Pushed, yeah, he was pushed. He was pulled, the, like, yeah. whoo. But then, I don't know what happens. Uh, she runs out, right? Yeah. Pfeiffer's okay, like, so all of them, all of them go... Reese tries to go get the first aid kit, which I think is in the, um, like, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And uh, so all of them leave, the three of them leave, and we see Ryan, or Reese's perspective of everything. They run down, they're trying to get stuff, trying to get the first aid kit, and uh, Pfeiffer's with them. They kind of start talking about, oh, my gosh, what was that? Oh, my, we're kind of scared. And then we see Cassidy screaming, like. And they're somebody, like, uh. Yeah, somebody helps. So they start running back to the door, and the door is shut. And he's like, Ryan. why did you leave Ryan in there by himself? Yeah, and she's just she's being dumb. Yeah, because she's just screaming and scared. <laughs> but then we see that we hear that Ryan's on the other side of the door. We don't know what's happening, but we hear talking. He's yelling. He's yelling. And then it's quiet. Yeah. So then the door unlocks. You hear something hit the door, and it unlocks. And they go out there, and they're like, Ryan, where are you? They're looking around trying to find him. They're, they eventually find a camera. As they reach out the camera, 
he pulls it up to his face, and then that footage cuts out. So then it jumps back in time just a couple minutes earlier to Ryan's phone in his pocket. Mm-hmm. And we see uh, Reese and Pfeiffer leave, and Cassidy's there with him. Yeah. He pulls out his phone and looks at his leg, and you can tell that that thing is broken. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, the bone yeah. is out of the yeah, leg. That's he's, like. He's bleeding, compound fracture. Um, everyone's screaming. Cassidy talks to him, or is talking, is freaking out, rightfully, because I would be too. And they're they're talking. And then he's like, go get them, go get them. And she leaves. So then we see Ryan wa- Ryan records her leaving. Then we see the door shut. And then we hear them hitting on the door trying to get back in. Mm-hmm. So it's from here that Ryan, we get Ryan's perspective of everything that happens. Um, starts out with him just alone. He pulls out his phone, he's looking around, trying to see everything. He mm-hmm. doesn't see anything. Um, they show us the doorway, and nothing's there. Then he surveys the area, goes back to the doorway, nothing's there. He looks around one more time. And he goes back to the doorway, and the hangman's there. The yeah, you get your first uh, shot of your antagonist. Yeah, in full creepy costume. Oh, yeah. Which which <laughs> doesn't look like what Charlie would wear. Like, nah. Charlie looked like that, like, and no offense, like, gay theater kid. Yeah, this, dude, this, <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this ghost is definitely a big man. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see his huge biceps, and it was like he's just a big laboring But dude. I have a theory to that. Probably just, like, ghost powers, like, to make himself scarier because he's a vengeful spirit. Well, I, I'm thinking, well, it has to do with kind of the end of the movie, so I'll wait okay, okay. to get my theory. So uh, Ryan starts getting scared. He's backing up, backing up, and then we see that it's gone, and nothing happens. It's quiet. And then we, we don't get to see it, but we he just gets lifted up, mm-hmm. and the camera drops, and then we just see his... Like static, and you see him going up. Yeah, going up, being and choked. it's just going in and out. Yeah, and then then uh, Reese runs in and picks up the camera, mm-hmm. and then it's back to the same timeline, and that camera's gone, and it's we move on from there. So um, while they are... While Reese picks up the camera, Casty's neck starts to hurt again, and mm-hmm. we get to see that it's slowly and slowly getting worse and worse. Mm-hmm. So... They take her out to the hallway. Reese goes on, goes out to him alone, and he goes into the locker room, and he decides that he's going to try and get out through a open window that's cracked. So he puts a trash can on top of a table, and goes to get more stuff. When Pfeiffer comes and stops him, and they're talking, and they're talking all there. Um, Cassidy starts screaming, so they go see Cassidy again, mm-hmm. and then they're just talking. So Reese goes back into the locker room and sees that the table that he just set up is gone and the phones are gone. And while he's in there, the phone starts to ring, which they didn't have any service. So he's freaking out trying to find the phone. And we see the phones on the inside of a locked locker, which was crazy for me, crazy to me, which I would imagine how they filmed that is that while they were gone, people came in, like people on set just moved it real quietly and put that shit in the locker because mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely in one take. Oh, yeah. So Reese opens up the locker by breaking the lock, and he it's his dad calling, and we hear on the phone, he's talking to his dad, but he's like, what? You're not making any sense. So then he brings the phone out, and uh, we hear that it's himself, a recording of himself saying the lines from the, the play, which is, um, he wants me, he'll get me, you'll be safe, he wants me, he wants me. Yeah, I was kind of confused. Yeah, I, I didn't get the... Yeah, and I, I found that one out by watching the movie on subtitles. 
because I did not know what it said, but the subtitles told me that that's what it was, that it was saying the lines, and it was in his voice. Mm-hmm. So after that, we jumped to Cassidy's point of view, which Cassidy's in this red-lit hallway, which is the definitely cover photo, the poster of this movie. She's in the hallway with this red light in the distance, just crying because the camera's in front of her. And while they're out of the darkness, we see this this guy come up from the corner of the hangman, just like appear, and it it's scary. Oh yeah, it's definitely freaky. Yeah, because the cover fo- the the poster of the movie has the hangman on the other side where the door is. Mm-hmm. So when I first saw the movie, I remember the poster. So I was looking down the doorway, and as I was looking there, I see just I look back over and it's there, and I see which is pretty cool. Yeah, like they was, tricked you kind of. Yeah, which I think Manny wanted to know how it was done. Yeah, he he was just like looked wheel like he was just levitating. He just yeah, there was slowly, no like slowly oh creeping forward. Oh, for those who don't know, we just got scared. Someone came in and scared the shit out of us. And I stopped talking, and I was like, you know what? Just breathe, guys. It's okay. Yeah, I didn't even notice the lights were on. I was looking over here, and I turned back. The lights were on. That's the first. I heard thing the, I, I heard a door close, and I was like. I didn't hear that, but I saw the lights, and I was like, oh, it's just... Yeah, I was like, oh, my God, yeah, oh, my God. Maybe didn't say anything to us. <gasps> Joey, damn it. <laughs> well, that was a good little scare on the podcast. <laughs> so uh, after Cassidy, after the ghost <laughs> appears behind Cassidy, Cassidy moves forward, and then we get to see that she's looking around, and then the noose appears around her neck, and it lifts her, off, lifts her back and kills Cassidy. Cassidy is dead. Oh, yeah. So then... Reese and Pfeiffer are the only two left, and they run in and pick up the camera, and we see her shoe there, and then they just leave it like that. It's here that they come up with the idea to pull the fire alarm because if which I thought about earlier in the movie, I was like, why don't they just pull the fire alarm? Because then the someone will or break yeah. down the doors. They're like strong football guys, <laughs> like one four people against one door hinge. Oh no, yeah, I think yeah, it's demon no. doors though, like demon logic, oh. where it's like, oh, it's. Because I, I think about that all the time. Yeah, if they can do manipulation and illusions. They can make a door stronger. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they decide to pull the fire alarm because they think that'll get somebody here and then they'll be saved. Yeah. So they pull the fire alarm and nothing happens for a second. And then it goes off and the everything turns red and then the siren goes off. Which is way freakier, I feel like. Yo. Just with the everything going red, when Cassidy's killed, we so we see that the whole place is red. Yeah, Why I was is it to red? S- yeah, I was supposed to say that it like it the turns emergency. everything turns red like emergency lights, but that was already red. I didn't. I I was thinking that exact same thing. Hmm. Just to make it scarier. Yeah. Like, was it an exit sign or something? It there? it could have been. Yeah. I, it was like really bright though. It, yeah, it was ridiculously bright. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I was thinking that exact same thing because the red light for a little bit is now our light for the for it but um as they are talking uh, the camera moves down we see a shadow approaching on the throughout the floor that comes left flashes in and out and it's just getting progressively closer and then the camera goes up goes back up and behind Pfeiffer we see the hangman so that sends them upstairs and they climb a ladder up to like the balcony yeah stage and that thing got close like I mean he was pretty much like grabbed his shoe we see it like grab his shoe which yeah which I already, it, was, it didn't scare me anymore. I didn't get the demon logic in this. So it's uh, physical. It could grab you. It could f- it could disappear, reappear, but it also has to climb upstairs to chase you. I think it's just. Like, are you able to hurt this ghost? Because it turns invisible and lifts up Cassidy 
uh, in the beginning, right? Remember that? Yeah. It, it's invisible and lifts her up. So we didn't see this thing, but we heard it on top. I don't think anything, in, like, it'd have to be, like, something with, like, faith. And you know, it, and you can't it destroy Ryan. or hurt any, I think an it's entity. Just, it manifests itself in different ways. Well, it's also in October. It's yeah, the October middle of the 23rd. night. Yep, it's really close to Halloween. You know, it's the day of the anniversary where it's probably the strongest. You know, it's just there's a lot of factors, and it's late at night, yeah. too. So like, And it's, it's a horror movie. So. Oh, yeah, that too. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to get into these things. Yeah, you know, yeah like, which I think about those things, too. But um, so they're, they run up the ladder, and then we see them run through this, like, maze of the – we see, like, water pipes and things, just, like, stuff that would be up in an attic of a big building. Pfeiffer is running down a hallway, mm-hmm. but then decides to stop because she says, like, I don't want to go in there. And you're like, why? Yeah, you've ran this far. But you just don't know. Yeah. I don't think they ever really explained that. They either. don't. Like, was she just so scared? She was just like, I, I can't. Yeah, because this is when Ry- or Reese starts to, like, compo- gives her composure. Is like, it's okay, I'm sorry. Uh, this is all my fault, which, no, it is not. That no. is not your fault. But um, they're talking, giving they're giving each other a hug, trying to calm her down because they're both scared. And mm-hmm. they have the right to be. I'd be scared. But the fire alarm stops, and they think, oh, it's the police, which me, that is not long enough at all. It, it is not a very long time since they pull it, get scared, and run up and stop. I would have been like, fuck no, this thing does not want us to leave because no way the, they, the police must have been in the parking lot and heard that because mm-hmm. it does not it does not take long at all. Mm-hmm. So they decide to go back down, and as they're going back down, they're going back the way they came. And as they're walking through, we see these pipes. We see, like, the way. And then a noise draws the camera the other way. And when it returns, the way is now blocked by, like, ropes and stuff. Yeah. So then. Which, I, like I said, I would probably wouldn't have noticed at all. Yeah. If, I, if it hadn't been mentioned during the movie. Yeah. So it's from there that we hear the, or we hear, like, a creaking rope sound. We see all the bodies. And Which they don't show hers, right? They just they just show her feet. feet. Yeah, but they show Ryan's face for like yeah. a split second. This this definitely starts what I call the, or what is called the final girl circuit, where it, I knew we were at the end of the movie because it's where you show all the kills, you mm-hmm. s- show everything, and wraps everything up. And it's usually the final girl circuit who does that. So it's like the the person at the end s- finds all the bodies that the killer's done, and it. Sets you up for the ending. Mm-hmm. So they run through and they run down this. They climb back down this the ladder, and they are in the on the stage. And Reese is like super okay. Yeah, like he's he, very calm. I think very he's, calm. He might just be so freaking petrified at this. No, point. I think he's just trying to be strong for her. Yeah, yeah. Because she kind of she kind of a little bit calm down when they get down. Because then they see that the door. On the other side of the stage is open. Mm-hmm. So Reese books it to the other side. Would you think he'd be holding her hand? Oh, yeah, I would have been holding yeah, a hand. I'd be, I'd be How can you hold a hand and hold the camera still at the same time? <laughs> he has the camera pointed down. He's yeah, to he's the door, just like hold her hand down. and the thing at the same time. Like Yeah. So he gets outside and he's like, whew, we made it. But he looks around and Pfeiffer's not with him. And we hear Pfeiffer on the inside choking in the middle of the stage. Mm-hmm. So like a dumbass, Reese runs back inside. Hell no. Yeah, I no. called the police, man. I, yeah, I'm like, 
you just wait. I'll go back in there <laughs> when there's 20 more people with me. Minimum. <laughs> He's but, just choking. He's like, hold on. Wait. Yeah, but like the simp he is, he runs back inside and he helps Pfeiffer. He was thinking about it. He was like, oh, should I go Should I go away or should I go back inside? Go but away. But that death and could then he went be back on inside. his conscience. Yeah, which it's also his crush, so he'll do anything. Mm-hmm. Whatever he gets made the bad decision of running by himself and not holding hands and you yeah. know, <laughs> leaving together like the a one team. time should hold her hand. Yeah, moral of the story: hold hands. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're holding hands right now. <laughs> we weren't even scared. <laughs> <laughs> no. So Reese runs back to the middle of the stage, and the light turns on, and it then the shot dissolves out, and it's now a wide shot. Uh, from the balcony, from so where Ryan would be would be would have been so that back started to the, the play. Again. Yeah, it's that shot, and we see Reese and Pfeiffer there, and the lights come on, and that's when they just they find out is oh it wants us to perform. Reese gives a line that they throughout the movie of like the he wants me, it's me he'll get. Um, I'm not scared. I will. I sacrifice myself for you. Like those cringy ass lines mm. and then another light turns on and it oh, shows the gallows me. yeah it shows the gallows yeah which reese then understands that as oh it wants me dead and if it gets me dead it'll let you live mm-hmm. so reese climbs the gallows puts the noose around his neck and is waiting there and pfeiffer does not leave which is really weird like i thought you know she would try and escape yeah but she, just- she doesn't leave and she calls him arthur the character's name. Yeah. And Reese starts yelling at her like, go, go. It's You don't have to do this. Stop stop saying my name. Pfeiffer, get out of here. And she's still delivering the lines. Yeah. And then we see it cuts with the hangman walking over. And it's him yelling at her to go, to leave. And she's delivering the lines. And then Reese drops and Reese dies. Mm-hmm. Pfeiffer gets up. Walks to the front. Yeah, I'm still confused. I'm like, why isn't she bawling her eyes out? Like, why is she not crying? She stands up. She walks to the front of the stage and bows. And while doing that, we see that the hangman is bowing with her. After they've bowed, we it goes quiet for a little bit, and then we start hearing clapping. Which I just assumed was the hangman, like Charlie. Mm-hmm. So then an audience light comes on, and we see one woman in the crowd clapping, and she gives a standing ovation. We jump from that. We get police body cam footage of two police officers entering a house. Which means they've already found the kids' bodies. Bodies. But I don't know if they ever said anything about why they were there. I do not think they... No, I think they just just walk in. Yeah, they barge in there with their gun drawn. Yeah. Totally something you don't want to do. Yeah, especially when you're entering someone else's home. Yeah. (laughs) Which, so... The police walk. The police officer walks around the house, and I get every time I see a police officer now, just because I'm so ingrained with horror movies. And this dude was a young, dark-haired man. I thought it was James Ransone from, uh, like, it. Oh. The dude who played uh, adult Eddie Casbrack, but it wasn't. Of okay, course, okay. it was just some no-name actor. But he's walking around the <laughs> house, and he gets to this back room, and he sees like the shrine built, and then very old-timey house. Yeah. You know, like... Mid-century modern. Yes. <laughs> something. No, but he gets to the back of the room, sees a shrine, and he's... Rec- it goes across the shrine. We see the... a baby doll with a noose around its neck. We see both original costumes, and then mm-hmm. the TV's playing. He turns and finds 
the girlfriend of Charlie and the Pfeiffer on the bed, and they're both laying there, not saying anything. Just well, she's sitting. Uh, uh, like the girlfriend's char- combing. The girlfriend's yeah, combing. Brushing her hair. And um, which is like, what do they have in common? So the the police officer looks back at the at the uh, TV and says Charlie Grimmel, and goes back to the to the two girls and they're now looking at it, at him and sh- and Pfeiffer says we don't say that name. So then he calls back up, looking into the hallway, and the police officer's partner hits the wall, and He's presumably the- dies. The door slams. The police officer turns around, and it's the hangman. Jump scare, that's the end of the movie. Yeah, that the cop, when he hits the wall, you, you just see that noose, and it's like <laughs> there's nothing there, and I'm like, ah! Yeah, it, it was definitely a uh, kind of a crappy ending. Yeah, I think th- I think they should have just ended it at the gallows, like yeah, with the clapping. It because could've, it didn't need an ending. Yeah, no, because they tried – Playing it like the Paranormal Activity movies. Yeah, you know, where like, it's like the uh, four months later or whatever. Or like the guy's running and he realizes that his girlfriend and all her family are like possessed by this thing. Yeah. And, you know. Okay, so according to the director, there's two different cuts to this movie. We watched the, thre- the theatrical cut, but there's a Blu-ray director's cut, which has a lot more a lot more um, stuff to it. Mm-hmm. Um, we find out that Pfeiffer is the daughter of Charlie and the girlfriend. I was about to mention that. I had yeah. a feeling that that's what happened. Yeah, which I whoa whoa wait 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 of Charlie of Charlie so and the girlfriend. They had uh-huh. a baby in high school. Yeah, which this is what I was about to say. It does not make any sense that she must have been. She would have been the, the same girlfriend. Age. Yeah, the girlfriend would have had to be pregnant at the time as Charlie died, and that would make her twenty years old. And she's in high school. Yes. Which I thought, no, that doesn't make sense. Because they, the only way that would have made sense to me is if they were like, um, who's the new girl? Oh, her name's Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. But no, apparently it's like, like this girl was 20 Maybe years old. Maybe she got held back like two or three times. Yeah. But she's like <laughs> 20, 20 surrounded by high schoolers. which I think At least 18-year-olds. They look like they were seniors. Yeah, they're defi- they probably had to be seniors. But I think there's laws against high schools where it's like, you can't be in high school if you're over 21. I think that's a thing. Uh, I, I'm probably wrong, but... I have no idea. I would, it Something I'd look up, though. It's no, you're, you're in the right ballpark, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, right I, I think of it as, like, buying alcohol. Because, like, you, being a senior and being able to buy alcohol at the age 21... Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think what they could have done to make this movie, to me, better and kind of make more sense about things is don't set it in high school. Set it uh, in college. A college production. Because... The actors are definitely older. They're definitely doing that whole thing where it's like, oh, these these high school kids, when they're played by 27-year-old people, they're, I wish they would have just set the whole thing, Alexeia Juco, or just a college, and have it be a college performance, because then it would be able to make sense 20 years later, Pfeiffer being there. And it doesn't matter aged, what age you are. Yeah, she's she would have been 20, but no, she's apparently the, she's 20 years old, or... Barely, almost 20, 19. Well, unless the, well, yeah, you're right, though. Yeah. She artificially, like, artificially inseminated his sperm. She, I just grew up to be, like, <laughs> When she got older, crap. she's like, keep me some. <laughs> yeah, that's. I need his baby. That's a bad thought. Yeah. But. 
So after this talk, has anybody changed their mind on the movie? Has has our talk made it better or about the same? No, it's if anything, it's made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree. It's it's I I mean, like I said, I get freaked out by certain stuff, and I feel like I put myself in their shoes, like, and that's why it freaks me out because if I was in that situation, I'd be having a heart attack, which then makes me have anxiety, you know, and feel mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh. But I think that's why movies, like horror movies are scary, and that's why people do it, is because they're like, if that was me, holy shit, what would I do? So I try and put myself in their shoes, but then I'm like, don't put yourself in their shoes. Yeah, it's it the whole freaks you out. It, it's the whole thing of uh, doing things different, mm-hmm. which that's the whole premise of this podcast. Uh, we, we're now going to enter our um, what would you guys have done to survive the haunt? Uh, Nicole, what say that you were in a character in this movie, you were Pfeiffer or Reese, what have you have done that would have made you survive? <laughs> oh, man. Honestly, well, if everything was locked and I couldn't get out, well, my first thought would have been, like, shattering windows especially the front doors. There ain't, there ain't no way that they didn't have front doors that had, you know, glass. glass. Like, every high school has those. Mm-hmm. Like So I would probably try that. Um, if I hadn't went into a full-blown panic attack, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I might have sat and cried. <laughs> yeah. Maybe banged on the door until I was literally bruised. Mm-hmm. Because my adrenaline would have been on fire. Like, I just, I've been going. I'd have been like, we got to find a way out of here, guys. Like, I can't do this. Okay, so Manny, what have you have done to survive the haunt? I would have broken down the door. I would have convinced everyone to run out the door all together. Like, if all of us, at least, like, four people, 200 pounds of force, that thing is broken. Uh, Something differently, keep everyone together as a group. I don't want anyone to split Old up. Hands. Yeah, and I'd make I'd make a uh, Ryan shut the hell up. He's uh, he's like riling up the ghost, and so. Uh, oh yeah, I he would have already been knocked out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or duct tape. I'd find some duct tape. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, break down the door, stick together as a group, and uh, like start to ration stuff out because if you pulled the fire alarm then and just waited the whole thing out, you know it would have been fine. Or if you broke down the door. It would have been fine, or if you um, even if that you know, yeah, yeah, uh, they didn't they didn't even really try it. So if I was in their shoes, um, one example is uh, we see that like Reese runs out, I wouldn't have tra- came back. I there is power in numbers, even though Pfeiffer was in there, like at the very end. But we but we all know she would have been dead. Yeah, by no, the time he got back, I would have. I would have just keep running. When I if I made it outside, I'm outside and call that selfish, but it's me before we. And if I Yeah, if, they weren't even dating. Yeah. But if I if for some reason I wasn't able to be outside, I would have done like what you guys said of we are not splitting up. If stuff started to happen, we are going somewhere and we are sitting there until morning and someone finds us. Yeah. The four of us are going to be sitting in a circle with our backs all to each other looking in different directions, we are not moving. Because yeah. I, don't, I don't think that it would try and kill all four people at the same time. I could not agree more. That's like the, the thing that I would do. Get everyone Never together. Never be alone. Yep. Yeah, because it definitely doesn't stop time or anything. Time's going. So they just have to wait. They just have to wait, say, 
four hours, five hours for someone to come. Yeah, because it won't physically drag four of them all the way back yeah. to the stage at the same yeah, time. Yeah, and I would have just found somewhere where it's, like, impossible for it for it to, like, do anything. So really small, like, closet or small something? Small closet where it's, like, it can't. Oh, God, though. Claustrophobia would step in, but, yeah, I would not anywhere tall because it could yep. live somebody up. I would just find somewhere, and that is where we're staying until the morning because someone would come. I would tell everyone to put their hands here, like, yeah. on their necks, too, just to kind of, you know, just. Uh-huh. So in case that try to strangle them, you just yeah. But when you're going through something like that, like your thought process is not the same. Yeah, and that we always say that as like people make bad decisions in horror movies. Uh, there's even one of my favorite movies of all time, Cabin in the Woods, explains some of that mm-hmm. in, a, in a retcons that whole idea. But um, people make bad decisions in horror movies just because you're in the moment, and it is easy for people to be a, a Sunday morning quarterback where you're. After watching the game, you know exactly what people would have done, but and not in that moment. So I don't want to like. I think they did what they could do in the moment, but knowing that knowing what we know now, I would have done it much different. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this movie came out in 2015 on July 10th. Ha, uh, that's my birthday. Is it? Yes. July 10th. July 10th. Well, is my happy birthday, birthday 2015. Uh, thanks. I was. Jeez, you're old. Because <laughs> I was 18 my whole senior year. Mm. We graduated in 2016. Okay, so um, the tagline for this movie is every school has a, has a spirit. That was the, at the bottom of every poster. As we sit in a part of a school. Yeah, as we sit in our school. <laughs> Looking around, getting scared by lights coming on. I'm really glad that you're facing towards the door and I'm not. No, why? I didn't even notice the light come on and get <laughs> us getting scared. Because you would still see, but I heard the door through our microphones earlier, yeah. and I stopped talking, I and I didn't want to ruin the podcast, so I kept going, and I was like, I totally heard that. Yeah, and then it opens up, and I was like, that is scary. <laughs> okay, so uh, the production companies that did this was New Line Cinema. They, mm-hmm. they do a lot of movies. And then Blumhouse. We talked about Blumhouse in the very beginning. Blumhouse is... The is known for scary movies, yeah. horror movies, horror genre for sure. Yeah. Um, I would love to work for Blumhouse. Like I said before, that I would love to as well. Mm-hmm. But Jason Blum, from what I've seen, looks like a cool guy, and I know why I love horror movies so much. Is if you ever get the chance to watch background, like background footage on making horror movies, you can tell everyone has such a good time. I don't ever see. And it probably does happen, but for the yeah. most part, I see I see in, like, the behind-the-scenes people having a good time, people are laughing, having fun. And even we know for doing some type of stuff that you just have fun on set. And I think a whole There is some stress, though. Yeah. But they probably just don't show that. Yeah, but I see it happens a lot where I see a lot of people having a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and a lot of actors talk about that's some of their favorite stuff. So I think that Blumhouse would be some to... to um, it would be someone cool to work for someday. or Oh, exactly, yeah. I would love to interview Jason Blum, the CEO and founder of Blumhouse. And uh, part of their whole, like, narrative as a company is they give these small budgets to these filmmakers, and they make their movie, they'll fund them, and they'll help them out as much as they can, and then they distribute it. And they just make so many of them, and they make so much money from them. But it gives the chance for these directors to do something. Yeah. So with that, uh, the... 
Can anyone guess what the original budget for this movie was? I'd say like maybe maybe at most a hundred thousand dollars. Do you know, remember how much uh, malignant was? Malignant was like malignant. Couple blah, 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 blah. couple million. Yeah, couple it was million. In the millions. Yeah. Okay. This is a found footage film. Remember that. So it's gonna be a little lower then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. What Blood Witch. Blood Witch was like ten grand, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. What do you think this was? This budget was. I'm gonna say it's lower than ten grand. I mean, you can find this stuff anywhere, right? Yeah. Like schools, you can find these actors. I, I mean, like nothing was super expensive, other than like cameras, probably and lights. Yeah. And costume. I guess there's a lot to it. I guess. Yeah. So Manny was right. Uh, the estimated budget for this movie was one hundred thousand dollars. Heck yeah. Oh man, I didn't you had to hear rent you out a school. You had to pay your actors. You had to pay your, uh, you know, director of photography. You have to get really nice cameras. You have. To Wait. Yeah. So how much? How what? How much was the other one that you said earlier? Ten grand. Blair Ten? Witch Project. Yeah, I have some things about the Blair Witch Project. So why was that one so cheap? That's a really sad story, and I I can tell you this. The uh, original actors for the Blair Witch Project, all three people who we also mentioned earlier, lost their whole acting career and basically their whole lives due to the movie. Only got paid fifteen hundred dollars each. What? And they never made any money, more money after that, <gasps> at all. Just fifteen hundred dollars. Even though it got pretty popular. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Made so much fucking money. They made more movies about it. And yeah, they only got $1,500 because they made the original movie and some someone else bought it. And I don't know how much these, how much money these people got paid because all these people are very low budget, low, no name actors. Uh, the girl who plays Cassidy is the daughter of an NFL player for, I think he played for the 49ers. Hmm. I don't remember his name, but. I just knew that. I thought that was pretty interesting, which shows to me that, yeah, these are some no-name actors wanting to get their start. Mm-hmm. But I don't think With any of daddy's money. Yeah, I don't think any of them have moved on. So can anybody guess what uh, this movie made domestically in its opening weekend, like in the U.S. and Canada in movie theaters? I'm terrible at guessing, so <laughs> I'm no, going to let guessing. Manny go first. I'd say uh, so. W- this released in 2015. Everyone was, you know, wilding out. I'd say it was in summertime okay, too. Okay, you said the first weekend. Yeah, first weekend. Okay, in I the think United in, States and Canada. So I'll tell you in total. I bet it made uh, fifteen million, and in the first weekend, it probably made like five million. Okay, what about you, Nicole? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, twenty mil. Twenty million first weekend. Yeah. Okay. So it made $9.8 million in its opening weekend in the United States and Canada. Um, and after that, it opened up into more theaters. And it in the United States, made a total of $22 million. 22, or $22.7 million. Okay. Yeah, can you guys guess what it made worldwide? Because it did go over. It was shown in Europe and Asia. And it went domestic. It went, or not domestic. It just went worldwide. Mm. Like... 32 million. I was literally 32, thinking in the 30s. 32 million. Okay, it made $42 million. Oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah, so it definitely made its money back and then some, which I love to my – I'm a huge geek when it comes to, like, how money is pushed around in Hollywood because, mm-hmm. sadly, no one – there's no money made in Hollywood. Anything you make goes to something else. You just retain cash in Hollywood. People aren't really rich. They just stay rich. You guys know what I mean? Yeah, because they have to continue. Yeah. So, like I mentioned earlier, Blumhouse is famous for giving people low budgets. And I mean low budgets as in anywhere from $500,000 to a million dollars or maybe even rare to $2 million. 
which that's relatively low for a 90-minute box hey. office Hollywood movie. Yeah, a yeah. small loan of a million dollars. I was just about to say, man, if they give me a million dollars, I'm going to act and do whatever they want me to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but a very small budget. Yeah, it is. It is. It is relatively actors, a small budget. Directors of photography. Your oh yeah. Lights, editors. Your audio. Your editor. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! It's That's marketing. Like this business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone gets, and then usually, if you're a smart person, you can write yourself in to where you get stuff at the end of you get your money, and then you get royalty rights. Yeah. Which you can make a lot of money, and I have a really cool story about that. So, um, have you guys seen? Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. No. Okay. Well, that is quite the movie. It is not a horror movie. While I wish it was, <laughs> I wish we could do that on the podcast. But um, in it, uh, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger are twins, and they just go through their whole like borderline. It was like a buddy, buddy comedy of them finding out that they're twins and going through their lives. So when they made the movie, they were both paid. I say not a whole lot, but I think it was like only two million each. No, I think it was like five hundred thousand each. Yeah, that sounds reasonable for an actor. Wow, and these are the main characters, but they both wrote in. They're like, okay, but I want fifty percent. Both of them a total get fifty percent of all revenue from the movie. That movie fucking went off. It sold toys. It it showed in theaters. It killed it in the box offices. It replayed on on like on streaming services on TV and they've made so much fucking money from that movie just because they, they made it in their contract that they would get royalty rights. And I would hope that if I was ever able to make a Blumhouse movie for only a couple million dollars and I was paid say $100,000 that I would retain royalty rights because man, you'd make so much money. It doesn't even have to be a big oh percentage. Yeah, you can just have like it be like 5% and you'd still get something decent. Yeah. Like a really good amount. Well, even like, say he got, say the original director um, who played the teacher, who is, um, the original director's name is Travis Clough and someone else. Even if they got 5% of their now total $42 million, they got 5% of even 5%. That's still a lot of money extra. Mm-hmm. And they, because they sold the movie to Blumhouse and New Line Cinema after it did its, uh, its screening tour, which originally they, Blumhouse bought it after it premiered. I think about South by Southwest. I think it was that or the Toronto Film Festival. They bought it. They recut the movie and put it in theaters, so they definitely got paid. Mm-hmm. They made their money, which. Still makes me think, I wonder how much the actors got, because probably nothing. Because mm. at the end of the day, and we even know that, once you have your actors and you're making a movie, once you're done acting, they're done. They're gone. You just wait for someone to come back for maybe reshoots. But so much happens after it. And a lot, not a lot of people know that, that we all know because we make movies. That's our passion is so much stuff happens in the post and so much money is spent in the post that you, you don't pay your actors a whole lot. And then you pay them once, and they're done. Yeah, because all the money's going towards everything else. Yeah, it takes so much to make a movie. Ooh, yeah, we've learned that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all of us kind of going in naive about this is going to be so much fun. Oh, but yeah. But then it's like 3.30 in the morning. I'm covered in bruises. I have a I have a borderline. We're running down Main Street. I'm driving a car. Manny's driving a car. Gabe's halfway out the window. Let's go. Yeah. We got to get the shot, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> Gabe and I recording a pod or recording a uh, 
a movie with Manny directing in this in a blizzard, and I'm outside for an hour and a half shivering while they're inside going over lines. <laughs> Definitely still not south. That was so much fun. Yeah, it's so much fun for you guys. Oh yeah, wasn't I there too? Yes, you the blizzard because I had the, to go back out and go get a different they SD card. They canceled school the next day, and I was yes. outside during the blizzard with audio equipment, shivering my ass <laughs> off while you guys were discussing in the hot heating car, discussing lines. <laughs> I, you yeah. were mad. Yeah, you were. I was you were pissed. I was big mad. <laughs> I was big mad. Okay, guys. So thank you guys for coming. This has been really fun. Oh, yeah. I totally enjoy doing this. Yeah. Uh, I'm a talker, man. I like to talk about things. Yeah. So <laughs> since this is October, I definitely want to ramp it up since this is a spooky month. And I'm happy to announce that I think the schedule will be hopefully and take this lightly because while I say this, I'm a very busy man. Um, yeah. We all are. Mm-hmm. I would like to once a week release the Halloween movies, the John Carpenter's Halloween one through five. As it you know, I've never seen any of those. Okay. I'll, I'd love oh, to have you on. no. <laughs> but since it's also a Halloween, I want to sprinkle in little podcasts, little gift episodes every day, every every once in a while, as mm-hmm. much as, as possible, because it's the spooky month. And since it's horror and I'm horror, I gotta, I'm got to capitalize on that because I love it. But uh, expect the Halloween movies at least every, once a week. And I want it to be on Sundays, but it might not work out because Halloween this year is on a Sunday. So I'd love yeah. to finish up Halloween with the fifth Halloween, um, The Curse of Mike Myers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, want to thank my guests for coming on. Um, you guys can follow me at Survive the Haunt on Instagram. And uh, we do have a YouTube. You'll be able to watch this podcast on YouTube in an audio and video format. There is no video like us, but you'll get an audiogram. So if you're a YouTube user, you can watch it on there. Um, is there anywhere you guys want to be found on? Not on? currently. I haven't really put up anything yet. But if I'm going to be on this podcast a lot more often, then, yeah, yep. here soon. Definitely in the next one. Yep. Sometime I'd love to have you guys put up your even your Vimeos sometime or your stream. What is it? The Vimeo? Is that your? Yeah, yeah you can use that or video. YouTube or yeah. Instagram. Yeah, just just get you guys work too because both of you guys are very talented at what you do sometimes i feel like i'm the i'm the person who's kind of lacking because i'm making this podcast while you guys are out there making videos don't feel bad i feel like that every day compared to everybody else yeah i definitely am very blessed to be around a bunch of talented individuals that i hope I hope that one of us go far and bring us all back into it. (laughs) (laughs) i hope one of us gets really rich and popular and then hey I want you to come help me. Like, oh, yep. I'll, <laughs> I'll happily do whatever is needed. <laughs> <laughs> if any of us make it into Hollywood, I'll do whatever they ask. <laughs> whatever they ask. Whatever they ask. Okay, <laughs> so thank you guys for watching. It's been fun. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> bye bye.